Check, check, check. Oh, no. Oh, back there. Check, check.
something. That was a great video. Thank you. 
good morning. How are you? Stay standing. We're not gonna, we're not gonna stop for long. We're gonna get back into the music, but I want to welcome you to church. I want to welcome you online. If you're online with us, I encourage you, tag a friend, share this page on Facebook, spread the service today. Um, someone's gonna need to hear it. If you're with us today, we're so glad you're here. I wanted to make you aware of a couple of things. Um, well, one thing basically. You'll notice when you walked in, there were tables in the back with pens and paper. Um, that is for prayer requests. As we're in 21 days of prayer, if at any time in the service you're like, oh, I need them to pray for this, go back. You won't bother us if you're walking around while we're singing. And write down your prayer requests, and you can bring them down to the altar uh, during the service, after the service. And we want to be praying for you um, throughout the week, but also on Wednesday night and Saturday mornings as we gather together as a church to pray. So you won't bother us if you're moving around. Write your prayer request so that we can pray for you, all right? Let's pray. Jesus, this time is yours. And in the stillness and quiet of this moment, we remember how small we are and we remember how great you are. And we thank you for the way that you love us. Be glorified in everything that happens in our words, in our singing, in our prayers, in our sermons, in our response, in the time that we have together at the table. May you be glorified in everything, Jesus. Because you're the reason we're here. We come together to worship you. And we pray everything in your name. Amen. Stay standing. Let's sing together.
Christ alone, cornerstone. 
congregations all over Florida emphasizing prayer just like we are these next well two weeks we've already been engaged for a week prayer and fasting and I want us to really really understand that prayer is like the song is saying prayer is the cornerstone of our relationship with God a couple of you guys I haven't seen in a while and as I haven't talked to you I'm like oh man it's great to just shake hands Continue that relationship. The cornerstone of our relationship with God is just spending time with Him, talking to Him. I had a really weird opportunity yesterday as uh, one of our brothers here. He said, hey, I've got a friend who's dying of cancer. Will you come pray with him? So after I got off work, I was like, yeah, let's go. And I met him. And we hopped on a little dinghy, went out down the river, to an old guy who's living on his boat, been living there for 50 years, and spent time in prayer with this guy as he's like, wow, I'm about to meet God whether I believe him in it or not. And through that prayer, through that conversation with him, with God, God said, you are my children. Come together in my name and good things happen. And uh the power of prayer is something that I still don't understand. I want to understand more and more. So let's pray together and just say, God, reveal us, reveal in us what you want from us, where you want us to go, where we should be headed, how we should engage with you in the world around us. So let's, let's pray together. Father, we praise you. First of all, we praise you. We thank you. There is none like you. All things flow through you, come from you. The plans you have aren't well understood by us. I can't fathom what you've got going on. And so I I kneel to you, I bow to you, I worship you, as I know that you, as the most loving Father of all time, want nothing but good for us. So, Father, we, we admit our need for you. We ask that this morning that you come down you really touch us that you guide us that as we say God we are yours that you do something special 
as we need you more than ever. As we want to see this broken world healed, we want to see broken lives put together. We want to see our families made whole. We want our own marriages to be better, our relationships with our children, with our neighbors. Lord, you are the answer to all of that. So help us to lean less on our own understanding and more just blind faith put into you, Father. We praise you once again in all things as you just show us some crazy stuff on this great adventure you've got us on. In your name, amen. 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 Welcome, welcome, welcome. Man, it's been a couple Sundays I haven't been here. I think like three or so. My, my, if you guys didn't know, my, uh, my family ended up catching COVID one at a time pretty much and uh, had us quarantining. But uh, luckily, uh, God prevailed and, uh, and we all got it the easy way. Uh, but I'll tell you right now, uh, one of my prayer requests, I don't know if you guys got it in the group uh, chat, but um, I, Garen said, hey, you know, something, anything we could do for you? I said, well, we're, luckily it's, you know, in this day and age, we order our food, we could order our groceries, they can get dropped off at our house, or we could just pull up, back up into the Walmart parking lot, and they load them in the back of the van, whatever the case. I said, we don't really need anything, honestly. I said, but, you know, one of Patsy's uh, pies that she makes would do really good right about now. And so, uh, you know, I sent Garen an update, and in the update I said, if you guys can be praying for me and my family, it would just be that, you know, Patsy has enough energy to do up a pie. Sure enough, she shows up. I don't, even know, I don't know if it was a day later or not. She calls me up. Hey, where do you live? What's your address? She draws me off a pie, and I told my wife, I said, man, if this is what COVID looks like, it ain't that bad. And that was amazing. So thank you guys so much for your continued prayers for me and my family. Uh, you know, we made it through it. But guys, we are going to come into a time in this service where, uh, you know, we get to pass the peace with one another. And we're reminded of the feeling that you guys were able to have, you know, me feel even at home just with a peace. You know, knowing that, you know, we have a church family that supports us and, um, and that we have friends out here. That we have, you know, true friends in this church. And that's what we're here for. Well, not only do we want to have a good relationship with God. But we also want to have a good relationship with one another. And so that's why we come to this time to pass in the peace with one another. Uh, where it's that peace of God that passes all understandings that we uh, bestow on one another. So this morning, may I be the first to tell you, may the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Go and pass that peace with one another. doing sorry i didn't have my order with me and so i didn't know where we were in the service we're here hey my name is garen and if i haven't had a chance to meet you it's nice to see you and uh along with a few of uh other pastors we're just honored to serve you i wanted to make you aware of a couple of announcements most of them are centering around the two big things that are happening in january the first one is the 21 days of prayer continues last week am i too loud last week we were focusing on god's protection this week we are focusing on god's direction i feel like i'm on I, i've got the the rhyming and stuff 
Next week we're going to to focus on God's revelation. So protection, direction, revelation. But 21 days of prayers continue. If you haven't signed up for our text, I encourage you just go and text to the number 81010. And in the message line, just put the at sign, 21PONAS. What you'll get is every morning between 7 and 8, you'll get a link. You click the link and it takes you to a picture of a Bible verse. That's it. We're not going to be hounding you with a bunch of other stuff. This is solely for 21 days of prayer. And I encourage you to join us. It's just a nice way. You wake up, you get your coffee, ding, your phone rings, and it reminds you, oh, I want to live today in prayer. So I encourage you to sign up for that. I also encourage you to join me Wednesdays and Saturdays as you're able. Wednesday from 7 to 8 right here. We'll have more prayer cards out, and we'll have prayers laid out, and we'll have praise music playing, and you can sing, you can sit, you can stand, you can kneel, you can pray. This is just a time where we want to come together and pray for our church. And so that's Wednesdays, 7 to 8, and Saturday mornings from 9 to 10. So after you get off work on Wednesday, and before you play golf on Saturday, or not, I don't know, um, But we did that because we understand some people just can't do it during the work week. Um, Some people just can't do it on the weekend. So uh, we made it available both ways, and we encourage you to come to as many as you can. So, And then the third thing is jumpstart January. You'll remember we launched January, and we said, well, most people want to read the Bible in a year, and they sit there and think, it's too overwhelming. I could never do it. What if you could read 33 books of the Bible? That's half of the books of the Bible in January, and then you had 11 months to read the other 33 books. Well, have we got a plan for you? It's not too late to start. Last week, we were in some of the minor prophets, some of the shorter books. This week, we're in some of the Pauline epistles, like Thessalonians, and I can't remember all of the ones that we're in, but there is some New Testament ones. You could start today And just pick up from today, and every month we'll give you a new set of passages to read every day, and you'll have the whole Bible read a year from the day you started. Pretty cool, huh? All right, I think that's it for me. Uh, I think, Justin, you're up next. Yes, 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 yes. Real quick, guys, also in this season of prayer, um, remember I had mentioned, you know, hey, pray for Patsy. Vanessa, I don't think she's here today, is she? Guys, in my prayer request, I don't know if Vanessa got the text or not, whatever the case is, I was asking for her cookies too. When I had COVID, I'm just, I'm just saying, guys, if you could be, keep that in your mind in prayers, you know, you know, just, you know, I think God's faithful, but it was, you know, it was, uh, Vanessa, if you're watching, we're praying that you could cook up some cookies for me and my family, you know, I appreciate it. We had COVID, you know, um, it's at least, you know, anyways, guys, uh, you know, no, really, I was thinking about that. I was like, Hey, look, you know, if we're in a day of 21, 21 days of prayer, you know, there's one thing you can add to your list. I'm going to put it back there as well. Uh, guys, we're going to come to the time of, uh, of the service where we get to continue in our um, worship. You know, a lot of times people always think worship is just the music. And this is why I always start this bit off by saying we get to continue in our worship. Because being able to give back is worship. It is worship. It's actually, as it, the Bible describes it, it's, it's out of all the things that, you know, there's not a word that we could truly say that could amount to how amazing God is. There's not enough thank yous that you could give to him. There's not really a gift like, you know, I could, you know, somebody could come and bring me a pie or Vanessa could bring me her cookies. That's a gift, right? I can't, you know, pull out a gift and then say, hey, God, you know, take it. And and it's even worthy of his presence, right? But this is an opportunity 
that we are able to truly give back to God and his kingdom. Where it's an opportunity where he says, hey, look, this is an avenue that I allow you to give to me. And so, you know, what we do is we just take this time and a moment in our service to just pray for this. To pray that our hearts are, are ready. You know, one thing that the scripture says is they want us to give cheerfully. And so that's why, you know, I, I know that a lot of times we just go through the motions. I get up here, hey, let's, let's give, let's pray, and we thank God. But the truth is we want to ready our hearts to be able to say, hey, look, is what I'm about to give a, a joy for me? Has God done enough in my life, and do I trust God enough to where this is actually, I'm happy to do this? You know, and so that's what we do. We just prepare our hearts. And then we also thank God for how faithful he is. I can think to this past week as I'm looking at the bank account and the numbers are going a little bit more down and down and down. It's getting a little bit slim. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but if you had kids, you know, the government, like they've been given like our income tax a little early each month. So like they paid me like 600 bucks a month for my income tax, you know. And so it wasn't coming because we're in the month of January. And so I'm just looking at the account, get a little bit lower and lower. And I'm not the really guy that likes to dive back into my savings and transfer it over. So I'm like, ah, we're running a little slim. And sure enough, my job that I had like six months ago cuts me the last check that they owe me. And I'm like, wow, look at that. And, you know, God's just so faithful. And so, you know, we're reminded of how faithful God is and just he pulls through for us. And so we just take this time to just pray, Lord, thank you so much for being a faithful God. That, Father, even in the moments when we just feel like if we're at the bottom of our barrel, you are still a faithful God. Lord, even if we're unfaithful to you, you still are a faithful God. Your word says, while we were yet still sinners, you came and died for us. And so, Lord, thank you for going the extra mile that we could not go alone. And Father, for this time here that we have, Lord, may we ready our hearts and may we give to you with cheerful hearts. Lord, may you bless this offering and may it continue to further your kingdom on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. is prayer. In many ways, prayer is a simple thing to do, but sometimes we can have a limited view of what prayer actually is. Now, don't get me wrong. Prayer is a means of supplication and making requests to God. It's just that prayer is also more than that. Prayer is both talking to God and having a relationship with Him. Prayer is making yourself available to God and allowing Him to make Himself available to you. Prayer is a way to ask God for provision for tomorrow and a means by which he provides the sustenance we need for today. So we pray not to get our own way, but rather we pray to align ourselves to God's will. We pray not for things that might create independence from God, but rather we pray as an expression of dependence upon God. Yes, God loves to hear our prayers and requests. He listens to them, he delights in them, and he responds to them. It's just that prayer is also where we can confess our sins, praise his goodness, listen to his voice, and be reminded of truth. Prayer isn't just a way to ask for more fruit, but through prayer, we begin to bear more fruit. Prayer isn't just words spoken at specific times during the day. 
It's living with a mindset that allows God to transform you throughout all of your days. So don't think of prayer as just an activity done before meals or bedtime, but rather think of prayer as a way of life. One last P.S. announcement, guys. The Bullmans, I don't know if they told you or if you heard about it, they had recently just purchased a house. And so congratulations. With that being said, uh, I was talking with Jeff yesterday. He was unable to make it here today. But I told him, I said, I'd ask the church. Uh, he has the next two days off, Monday and Tuesday. And I said, well, listen, I will do, I will, I'll ask the church if there's anybody that is able to help him with moving any big furniture. I mean, the little things they could take care of, they don't, it's not an immediate move and they have to move him, but he really needs help with the heavy things. I said, well, I get off of work at, you know, at five o'clock on Monday. I could definitely be there, but maybe other people could pitch in. So see Sherry, Sherry, raise your hand. If you guys are interested in maybe helping them out, see her sometime today and let her know what your availability is. But he has off Monday and Tuesday, tomorrow and the day after, to get this done. And if we could help in any way possible, he would really appreciate it. They would really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, uh, just a little backstory about me. Um, when I was a kids pastor in Texas, we would light a candle every day every Sunday in our service. And it was always the Christ candle from the year before, which this is the Christ candle from our Christmas season. And, and I taught them, this candle reminds us of two things. One, that Jesus is the light of the world. And two, that Jesus is with us. Candle is with us. Jesus is with us. We may not see him, but Jesus is with us nonetheless. And so, um, as we begin, it's been, oh goodness, it's been a few weeks since I've brought the word to you. Uh, would you mind if we, I didn't even have her put up the screen, but as you remember our prayer for understanding, would you pray it with me as we begin our service? Uh, Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. So, the year was 1994. Anybody remember 94? Whoop, whoop. The world was introduced to a man that would forever change the way we talked. You were too young. So, you weren't here in 1994, were you? You probably weren't here in 2004. Were you? Never mind, it doesn't um, The world was introduced to a man named Forrest. Forrest Gump. Anybody remember that guy? Forrest Gump. I'm guessing that whether you know the movie or not, you have probably said one of the most, fra- most famous phrases because you've heard it a million times. I'll start it. You finish it. Let's see if this works. Mama always said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get inside. Yep, we all... Thank you, Forrest Gump, for forever putting that into our language. So Forrest Gump, in the movie, and I'm not recommending the movie, I'm just using an example of it. I'm I'm always careful when there's a movie that has like a lot of language or something. I'm not endorsing the movie, just so you know. But there's a great scene in it where Forrest decides he's going to start running, and he runs. He ran out 
uh, his front yard. He ran down the street. He ran to the end of the city. He ran to the end of the county. He ran to the end of the state. And he just kept running, 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 running. I was just running. And it, it, over time, he runs across the United States a couple of times. And he starts to develop this fan base. And people start running with him. And they're all excited. You know, this very wise Forrest Gump is running. There's got to be a reason. What is it? Let's follow him and find out. And so there's this scene where he's out in the middle of nowhere, probably Arizona, New Mexico, something like that. And I mean, it's desert and you see, you know, the rock formations on the distance. And all of a sudden, Forrest just stops. And they all stop. And he turns to them, and they're like, shh, he's going to say something, he's going to say something. You know, what is this wise forest going to say? And, and he turns to them and he says, I'm, I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home. And he just starts walking home. And one of the guys in the crowd says, well, now what do we do? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been following someone or something or a program and it falls apart and it's like, well, now what do I do? You've been working towards something your whole life towards, you you thought you had the perfect marriage or the perfect job or the perfect whatever, or you've been saving for this and that and something falls through and then all of a sudden you say, well, now what do I do? I've been running and running and running and... I'm out here in the middle of the desert. Now what do I do? It makes me think of a guy in the Bible. His name is Job. And um, it's a great book to read. It's not extremely uplifting. It's kind of sad. But it's an important book to read. And we have our hero, Job. And what happens is he's so faithful to God that the accuser, Hasatan, um, comes to God and God's like, hey man, what do you think about that guy Job? Pretty awesome, huh? He loves me completely. And, and the accuser's like, well, yeah, of course, you've given him everything. But if you took it away and just left him alone, he wouldn't praise you. And God says, okay, do your worst. Just you can't kill him. And so the accuser goes and, and destroys his crops, destroys his, um, his animals, Kills all of his children at one time in one foul accident. Gives him boils and blisters all over his body and he's miserable. And the only thing he's left with is a wife that says, just curse God and die. And some friends that say, it's your fault. You brought this upon yourself. What'd you do to sin? And Job, in Job chapter 9, says this. My life. Passes more swiftly than a runner. It flees without a glimpse of happiness. Time passes quickly, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does. It passes as quickly as a runner. I, I was fortunate enough in 1996 to go to the Olympics in Atlanta. A buddy of mine and I went and we were like, let's see as much as we can. And one thing we wanted to be sure to see was track and field. And so we're sitting there at track and field, and they're doing the long jump and the um, high jump and the hammer throw. And there were some preliminary races for running. And let me tell you something. Have you ever seen a fast runner 
I mean, like, have you seen one? Because if you watch it on TV, you think, wow, those Olympians are really fast. But when you see an Olympian in the stadium and you actually see how fast they are running, it is astounding. I mean, these women and men can flat out run. They are vroom, and they gone. It's kind of how our time is, isn't it? I remember when I was a kid, Christmas to Christmas seemed to take about a decade and a half. Now it feels like what used to feel like Sunday to Wednesday to me. It's like, oh, it's here again. Time just speeds up and goes faster and faster and faster, doesn't it? The more time goes, the faster it goes. And we find ourselves running all the time, don't we? We're running, we're running, we're running. We're trying to keep pace. We're running, we're running, and we're never resting. And here's what happens when we are always running and always going at breakneck speed and always running, running, running and never resting. What happens is this. It creates a rhythm in our life that will keep us from fully experiencing God. Let me say that again. When you are running without stopping, it will create in you an experience that will keep you from fully experiencing God. Because we are made for these rhythms of running and rest and running and rest. And when you negate the rest part, you miss what God has for you. And so the question is, why are we always running? Because we all are. We know that, right? I mean, it's January and we're already at breakneck pace in 2022, aren't we? Well, let me give you a couple of reasons why I think we're always feeling this anxiety to run and run and run. The first one is the fear of missing out. I mean, it's a thing now. Have you heard the phrase FOMO? Fear of missing out. Man, if, I, if I'm not going and going and going, I might miss something that's really cool or miss something that's really important or vital. I mean, goodness. There are times I'll be doing something at the house and I'll realize that Jen and the girls are gone and they'll get back. It's like, where'd you all go? It's like, well, we just went up to the outlet mall for a few minutes. It's like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Well, would you have wanted to go? It's like, well, no, but I don't want to miss out. I mean, what if you did something really fun or, or went to Starbucks on the way or something? There's, we have this fear of missing out, don't we? And so we run and we run and we run from experience to the next because the next experience may be the one that changes us forever. And we create this inability to rest because we're always running for fear of missing out. I don't want to be the one that's not there when the cool thing happens. Another reason I think that we're always running and we're never resting, honestly, is social pressure. I mean, I don't know if your spouse has ever said, wow, everyone else in the neighborhood has their ornaments up for Christmas. We need to get ours up. I need to be doing that. My, person, my friend on Facebook has the perfect spouse and the perfect house and the perfect job and the third car and this is their fifth vacation to Europe. I need to be doing more so that I can be more like that. There's this social pressure to keep up with the Joneses, isn't there? Time is really precious. And we fill it with things that aren't that important because... 
of social pressures. How many of our time decisions are made for us because of outside pressures? Well, I probably should. I think the third reason, we're just impatient people. We don't like to wait. Waiting is horrible, isn't it? You're in the waiting room. If they say it's going to be 20 minutes, you can handle it. But if it's 24 minutes, you're like, come on. If they tell you it's going to be an hour and a half, at least you know something and and you can wait that long. But if you have to wait longer, it's just agonizing, isn't it? It's, oh my goodness, I hate waiting. We live in a, a microwave society. We want everything fast. We're not willing to let life cook. We're not willing to let the juices and the flavors of our life really come together. We just want it fast. We don't like to wait. I think one of the reasons we don't like to wait is waiting feels like we're doing nothing. Feels like we're wasting time. Well, if I'm just waiting, I'm just standing there. Let me just tell you, and we're not going to dive into this, and this isn't in my notes, but there is passive waiting and there is active waiting. We know that, right? There is passive waiting where we are just wasting time, yes. But there is active waiting where we are in an expectant anticipation, waiting for something to happen. It doesn't mean we're not doing anything. Maybe we're waiting for that raise. It doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. It means we're working our hardest and we're doing our best. There is active waiting, right? But we don't like to wait. Because we're not supposed to waste time. We're supposed to drain every drop out of this life. And resting feels like a waste of our time. The fourth reason is maybe the one that hits closest to home for all of us. We just overestimate our capacity. I mean, how many of you have spent a day ten minutes behind everything. There are days when I'll come home and Jen will say, how was your day at work? And I'll be like, I feel like everybody else's agenda took precedent over my agenda. I had a goal for today and I didn't get anything done because of other things. Now, don't get me wrong. There are other things that are necessary that come up and things that are needed and things that can't wait. But it doesn't change the fact that there are times when you feel like you've overextended what you can do with the amount of time that you have. I can't tell you how many times I've come into a meeting late and said, sorry, I'm late. The last meeting ran long. But what I'm not saying is it ran long because I was 10 minutes late to that meeting. And so it started late. That's why it ran long. And I was 10 minutes late to that meeting because I was 10 minutes late to the meeting before. And so it ran long. And I feel like there are times when I wake up and by the time I get out of bed, I'm already behind. Is anyone else like that? Maybe it's because I hit the snooze button, but I try to add on 30 extra minutes so I can snooze a couple of times, but I don't know. But I feel like there are times when, and I don't know if you notice it, but I sense this anxiety and this tightening up in my soul 
when I'm living with that kind of stress and I'm living with that kind of breakneck speed and I'm not finding rhythms of rest in my life and it's, well, it's not what Jesus planned. So, those are just a couple of reasons we're running, running, running. Let me give you a couple of principles that we need to believe and maybe that will affect in a positive way, how we treat our time. The the first thing is, we need to remember that more isn't necessarily better. More isn't necessarily better. You can have ten things that are okay, and it's not as good as having one thing that's just amazing. Right? But we settle for the good enough so many times and we take so much of that that we don't wait for the things that are really great. We're always wanting more and more and more because we think that that's how we're going to truly be happy when really what is typically the case is the opposite is true. Usually if we find one or two things that we just pour our lives into, that's where we're happiest, versus doing a dozen things poorly. The writer of Ecclesiastes puts it this way in chapter 4. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbor. Wow, how's that for relevant thousands of years later? But this too is meaningless. It's like chasing the wind. Fools Fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Better to have just the right thing than to have everything. But what about my neighbors? But what about what they have? But they just got the brand new car, and they've had two new cars before. I've had the one new car. But what about this? What about... It's better to have the, the right thing than to have the most things. It's better to make the most of what you have than to try to wish you had more and spend your life chasing after things that don't really matter. More is not always better. Here's the second principle. It's better to live by design than by default. Our default is to go, go, go. Our default is to do it ourselves. Our default is to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and get her done. And while those can be positive qualities in certain areas, it's not a lifestyle that we were designed to have. It's not a pace that we were designed to constantly be living in. This is hard because it hits me. A lot of times I feel like I'm living by default instead of by design. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Whether it's in your marriage or your job or just within your soul. You feel like I'm doing things 
that are the default of the world and not the things that I know I'm designed to do. And so we waste our lives living lives randomly instead of by design. It's the reason I can go on Facebook to post something for the church and 40 minutes later I've wandered down a rabbit hole and I still haven't posted the thing for the church. It's because the default is to let things distract you. Oh, you're still running. You're just not running towards anything you were designed to run toward. And you're living life distracted. Don't let life happen to you. You should be happening to life. You should be having a life that sends ripples around other people. And they're like, oh my goodness, I don't know what it is with Kayla, but that girl, she's firing on all cylinders. I don't know what it is about Justin, but he has this peace or this quality about him that doesn't make sense because Justin is happening to life. He's not letting life happen to him. Let You happen to life. Don't let life happen to you. There are things that God has called you to do. There are things that God has specifically designed for you to be the one to conquer. Do it. Do it with all your heart. But you've got to be doing the right things. If you're distracted by every other thing, you'll miss the time that you need to do the right thing that God has planned for you. Don't get distracted by unimportant things. And if you're like, I don't know what the right thing to do is. Well, let me give you a couple of things that we know is right just from the Bible. We know that God's called us to worship together. Right? I mean, there's not a lot of gray area in that. God has called us to be communal people that worship together and we gather together and we connect and praise our God. God's God's called us to lives of prayer. Time and again, I want to have communion with you. Will you talk to me and let me talk to you? We know that Scripture is something that will benefit us eternally if we will get into a rhythm of Scripture. That's kind of an important thing. If you're not sure what should I be doing, what's an important thing for me to do, those are just a couple of ideas that might be really good for you to do. Proverbs 17 puts it this way. An intelligent person aims at wise action but a fool starts off in many directions. During these 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's my hope that you will slow down and take the time to ask God, where am I going? My first board meeting with the church back in 2017, I had the Latin words, quo vadimus, where are we going? Because if we don't know where we're going, we will get distracted in a hundred different directions. Many of them good, but they may not be where we're supposed to be heading. Where are we going? Aim at God things and you'll always go right. Now, I know that a lot of us have seen this example before. But it's never wrong to see it again. Um, Many of you are probably familiar with Stephen Covey. Well, that doesn't feel safe. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Has anybody ever heard of that? If not, it's a good book. He talks about a principle that maybe you've heard of called Big Rocks. I didn't have Big Rocks, so I have Big Plastic Balls. 
He talks about there are things in our life. There are three basic categories in our lives. There are the most important things. They take up the most space because they're the most important. These are the bedrock things that we want to live our lives by. These are the things that it's like if everything else goes down the drain, I don't want to lose this. And then our lives are full of big rocks, but these are the urgent things. It's important that they happen, but but if we're putting them in a category, they're not the most important things that happen. Yeah, they got to get done, but they're not the most important thing. And then most of us have the most of these little things. They're the little things you should do. They're the emails that, that come and just bombard you. They're the pings on your phone that tells you, ooh, somebody else has liked a picture that you posted of the omelet that you made this morning. I don't know what. They're, they're all these little things that distract you. And if we're not careful, we'll spend our lives. Let me see if I can do this. This is what we normally do. We do the things that don't really matter first, don't we? And eventually we get around to... And before you know it, we don't have room for the things that are most important. Not all the things. Right? You with me? Have you seen this illustration? But if we are to... If we wanted to do it correctly... And I'm skipping a step because nothing to see, nothing to see. See, this is what happens. We're live, people online. This is, this is, this is not, you know. If we were to start with the most important things, a couple of things would happen. One, we would keep our focus where it needs to be. And the other thing is, there would always be enough room for the most important things, right? I don't have to worry about, is there enough room for the most important things? There clearly wasn't enough room for all of these at one time. But when I put the right things in and I live life with the right priority, all of a sudden... ...to be enough room for just about everything. Because as life happens and you readjust, all of a sudden, what's impossible in the wrong, with the wrong priorities becomes very possible with the right priorities because you've focused on the things that are most important. You've kept the most important things first in your vision, and then you've hit the things that are really important and they need to get done, but if they get kicked, if the can gets kicked down the road a day or two, it's all right. And then all those other things that are just life, well, most of them actually end up happening anyway. And to be honest, if they don't happen, they're the ones you don't want in the jar anyway, right? You want the most important things in the jar. And I'm hoping that we all understand this jar is our time. We don't get to add or subtract from the actual jar. What we have, what God has given us, is what we have. Fill it up. 
the right way. And God will help you get done what you need to get done. But if we fill it up the wrong way, we'll never have enough time. We'll never have enough energy. And we'll never end up having space for rest. This allows space for rest because you've done the most important things. So if the little piddly things fall off, rest is better. But when you start with those things, the most important things never give us time to rest because you realize I'm dropping the ball on that. When I was in college, I created a mantra that I said probably every day, maybe multiple times, and it's nothing new. I'll bet you a thousand people have said it a thousand times in a thousand different ways, but I I would tell myself every day, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing, the most important thing is to keep the main thing, my relationship with God and my relationship with others, as the main thing. That's a big rock. That was a big rock for me in college. Everything else is secondary. But if I can keep the main thing, my relationship with God and my relationship with others, as a priority, then I know that I'm going to be okay. So, we're, we're, we're landing the plane. I want to give you two practices to help you live this way. You ready? If you have a pencil, write them down. If not, um, watch this later on YouTube or Facebook and go back and write these down. First thing is take regular inventory. Take regular inventory of your life. How are you doing? Usually when people ask us how you're doing, that's an informal way to say, hey, how you doing? Fine. Good. Take time to really take inventory. How are you doing today? Not how was your relationship with God three years ago. Do you remember, oh God, do you remember when I used to pray to you all the time and read your word? Do you remember when I used to tell people about you? No. How are you today? Because we're called to live today. How is it with your soul? How is it with your heart? Are you, are you taking care of the big rocks? Are you making sure that what's important is in your jar? Because you only have so much time. And if you put them in the wrong order, you'll never have rest. You'll let the unimportant things force their agenda upon you. How is it with your heart? Are you keeping the main things the main thing? The writer of Hebrews, to bring it back around to running, would put it this way in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Now, Just a reminder, sprinters don't need to run with endurance because they're only running for a short distance. Endurance is required when you are in the long haul, when you are running the long race. I don't need endurance to run to my mailbox. I need endurance, though, when I'm running my half marathon because I can tell you I've done four of them. And every time, like clockwork, whether I'm looking at the marker or not, mile nine and mile ten, those two markers are where I hit the wall and I want to give up. 
But it's the endurance that I've built up because of my training or because of my will or because of, I don't know. But it's the endurance that pushes me through that. Endurance is needed for the long haul. So let us run with race, with, with endurance, the race that God has set before us. We do this, how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We've used this example a lot, but there's a show and they say, clear eyes, clear heart, can't lose. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our race. Get rid of anything that's weighing you down. Anything in your jar that's not a priority, get rid of it and rebuild the right way. Whether it's sin, whether it's things that are distracting you, whether it's a lack of focus, whatever it is. Get rid of it all and rebuild the right way. Regularly take inventory. Today's a new day and it's filled with its own distractions. Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount tells us that. When it tells us not to worry. Today has enough worry of its own. Right? Take inventory today. Don't let your focus wander. Talk to God today. Ask Him which of these big rocks need to be in your jar today. And then follow Him. Second thing, make the tough decisions. We are people that don't like to make decisions. Um, if you're an Enneagram person, I'm a nine, which means I'm a peacemaker, which means I'm a pushover. That's not really what it means, but that's what I feel like because I live with a seven who's like, let's try something new. Let's go on an adventure. Let's do it. And I'm just like, okay, okay, because I don't want to make a decision. At least Jen's making a decision, right? Second thing is make a decision. Make the tough ones. The good is the enemy of the great. Make a decision. Choose this day which is the priority and then chase after it with your heart. You have the choice. How you choose to prioritize your life will affect the way that you live. But you can't just keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. What got you here will not get you there. You've got to choose the tough decisions and try something different. The motivational speaker Zig Ziglar said it this way. You are what you are. You are where you are because of what goes into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Make the tough decision. Choose you this day who you will serve. Choose the priority. Choose the big rocks. Choose your time wisely because we only get so much of it. How you spend your days is how you'll spend your life. We know that, right? I imagine there are many of us here that have woken up two weeks, two months, two years, 20 years down the road and say, how did I get here? I had such big dreams or such big goals or I felt like God wanted me to do this. And just day by day, it's not that I was doing Bad things necessarily, I just wasn't doing the right things. It's amazing how one degree over a course of time can get you way off the mark of where you're supposed to be. 
time to autocorrect. It's time to focus back on God and say, bring me back to what you have for me. I want to align my spirit with you because that's where my priority has to be and that's where I'll be happiest. You get to choose. It's my prayer that we will choose wisely. Let's pray. Jesus, as this week, the scriptures that we'll be sending out and the focus will be direction. I pray that right now, my friends here sitting in chairs in the sanctuary and friends sitting in the cyber world that are watching us will take a moment and just take inventory of their life. God, you've been having me do it all week, and there are some things that I'm super excited about because I feel like I'm hitting a home run through your strength, and there are other things. Well, to follow the analogy out, I feel like I'm striking out. I feel like you give me chance after chance after chance, and I just keep swinging at the wrong thing. Maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe I've got friends here that are realizing that maybe they're not, they're not living life to its fullest. And living life to its fullest doesn't mean filling our lives up. It means living in your fullness. So Jesus, today I pray that you'll help us all. Help us keep the main thing the main thing. Because that's the main thing. Everything else at the end of time, will pass away. But you, your word, and those you redeem, through you, we live on. May we live fully in you. God, take away our distractions. Help us to be able to identify them. God, so many times we don't even realize we're being distracted. God, give us clear eyes and a clear heart. We pray this in your name. Amen. One of the clearest times we have in our service is when we come to the table. We can disagree about song volumes. We can disagree on whether Justin plays the drums too hard. We can disagree about how boring that prayer was or whether we agree with what the pastor said or not. But there is one thing that we can all agree on is that this table that Jesus invites us to is a table that is spread with love. And everyone is invited. Jesus invites everyone who is seeking Him. Everyone who knows Him. And so, maybe right now you say, I don't know that I know this Jesus that you're talking about. Yeah, I see my life is chaotic, but... Well, of course it is, God. I don't know the Jesus you're talking about. Today could be your day. Today could be your day where you are connected in a very real way to the creator of the universe. To the one who comets set their time to his timing. Today could be your day. So, if, if you want to know more about this Jesus, may, maybe pray with me right now. Jesus, 
I don't know everything about you, but what I know about you is appealing. And so I pray that you'll come into my life. I've been doing the best I can, and I see that it's not good enough. I need a new Lord of my life, because I'm not cutting it. I realize that a lot of the issue is sin in my life. It's things that are keeping me from you, and so, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive my sins. Take them away. Your word says that you will cast them as far as the east is to the west. And so I ask that you will take my sins and get rid of them. And help me to live for you and run head first into your grace. Into these wide open spaces of your mercy. I trust you now as my savior. And I'm going to do the follow up work to learn what it means to grow more in you every day. I pray this in your name, Jesus, the one who saves us now. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, um, whether you're online or in here with us, I want to talk to you. Meet me after church or send me an email. I want to help you with that next step. I want to celebrate with you on your decision, and then I want to help you with the next steps. But as we come to the table... We remember that this is the ultimate act of love. Jesus, knowing that within just a few short hours, he would be betrayed by one of the people that walked with him for years. And he'd be betrayed into the hands of religious leaders who claimed to understand the way of God without even realizing that they were about to crucify God. He held up common elements in the meal and he transformed them, which is what Jesus does. He transforms things. He transforms your heart. He transforms significant and meaning. And he held up the bread and he broke it. And he said, this represents my body, which will be broken for you. So take it, eat and be thankful. And then he lifted up the cup. This was probably after he had talked about him being the vine and us being the branches. And so this vine and fruit mindset would have been very much on him. And he said, this cup represents my blood, which will be shed for you. It's, it's the blood of the new covenant. Take, drink all of it, and be thankful. Jesus, we don't understand everything that happens when we come to your table. If we did, you'd be a pretty small God. You are always above our understanding. And yet you invite us to the table. I pray that you'll help us just as we've taken in a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice, understanding that those are the things that sustain our lives physically. I pray that you will sustain us spiritually as our bread and wine in our spirits. May we live this week focused on your direction for our lives. 
because your way is always perfect. We pray this in your name. Amen. It's been good to be with you. Will you stand with me? I think it's still raining, so you would have been standing around here anyway, so it's okay that I went a little long. But I apologize. I'll, I'll, I'll get better. I, I'm rusty because it's been a few weeks. So, Will you sing with us our benediction? We sing hallelujah, let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim, let your will be done in us. Go this week in God's love. Hopefully we'll see you Wednesday night. And if you have prayer requests, write them down and bring them up here and we'll be praying.